One's a journalist, the other a business mentor. Together, they're Storyteller and the Sherpa, making content impactful and growing your business. Here's Luke Bunnell and Tristan Wright. Hello and welcome to our first ever podcast. I'm Luke Bunnell from Story League, a journalist who loves the art of storytelling through videos, podcasts and articles. As I like to say, creating content in a different league. In a moment, we're going to be sitting down with a very fine journalist, Tony Jones from Nine News, for an in-depth discussion about all things storytelling and his career as well. Joining me now, though, as he always will, is Tristan Wright from Evolve to Grow. Now, Tristan... Our podcast intro says you are a Sherpa. Culturally insensitive as it may be, you don't look Nepalese to me. Correct. I'm not Nepalese. I'm probably a tiny bit too tall to be a Nepalese man. Right. So why are you a Sherpa then? Why am I a Sherpa? Um, let's let's use an example, climbing up Mount Everest. If, if you were to go climb Mount Everest and that was your goal, would you go and climb Mount Everest by yourself? Probably because I lack strategy and a strategic brain. <laughs> if you're to be smart. <laughs> oh, what, now, that's a very different question. If you wanted to do it efficiently and with minimal risk, what would you do? Well, you wouldn't go and do it by yourself, would you? You'd get someone who's been there and done that. Yes, and that's what a Sherpa is. Fair and, enough. And that's what I do with business owners. Mm-hmm. So, my next hard-hitting journalistic question to you is... Have you been there and done that previously? Fancy you should ask that question because yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So what have you what have you done then? What was the so what? I, I had a, had a business in sportswear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I set it up in my spare time, and I it was a, a bit of a passion project to start with, mm. and I I grew it over over a number of years and built it into a seven figure business. Uh, and I had lots of highs and lots of lows in that business, and yep. lots of learnings along the way. Yeah, right. So give me a high and a low. A high would be that I had multiple large charity rides uh, wearing my clothing. I had brands like Holden purchasing my clothing. A low would have been when I took my finger off the pulse and just focused on the immediate future and got impacted by multiple outside influences um, or factors and got my business into a good six figures of debt. Yeah, well, congratulations for that. <laughs> okay, no, but, but even more so, it wasn't getting, fun. Well, getting bit. yourself out of it must have been a, a phenomenal effort. It, it was a lot of hard work. Mm. There was a, and I'll be honest, there was a lot of times that I didn't want to leave the house because mm. uh, I was uh, pretty upset and pretty ashamed that I'd mm. done I'd made those mistakes. Yeah, right. And so those mistakes and the, the positives you mentioned in there as well uh, amongst uh, various other things you go through as a business owner is now the instigator for you being able to help other businesses? Correct. Yeah. So I, I built that business back up and sold it. And through that journey, I started helping others as well. And it, was, it just ended up being a natural progression to to keep helping other business owners on their journey. Yeah, right. So you're uh, essentially giving back. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. Aren't you a nice guy? <laughs> I enjoy it. I've always always liked helping others and, and seeing others achieve as well. Yeah. So, so it just, what are, just what comes are, naturally. What are the sorts of things that you do for, for other businesses? Uh, like a business owner uh, will will probably be working long hours and, and feel quite lonely and stuck. They've almost hit a glass ceiling in their business. They're very good at what they do, but they don't know how to take it to that next level mm. and and. Often you need someone else to talk to and help 
put in place a strategy to be able to get there yep. and keep yourself accountable. And is your strategy, is that just based off you being a, a previous business owner or is there anything else at play? So previous business owner, but I've also gone and done post-grad study as well just to, to give myself that formal qualification too. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, now, I asked you to do a bit of homework for this podcast, didn't I? Yes, you did. I asked you to write out some questions that you want to ask of Tony Jones. Of course. Have you done it? Yes, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him about uh, his uh, AFL team that he follows. Uh, do, you, do you follow that same AFL team as well? Of course I do, and I've got all my teeth. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we, we both... Unbelievable that it's Collingwood. Yes. Um, all right, well, I reckon we get him in and have a bit of a chat. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Storyteller and the Sherpa. Well, Tony Jones... Thanks for sitting in the studio and having a chat with us. Thanks for having me. I know that this studio will have some very, very big names over the journey, so to be and among two of them, them are sitting right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Well, to be determined, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, let the jury's out on Tristan, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> right, we've got a limited amount of time with you, so we've got to get into some questions. Mm-hmm. I want to know, as a storyteller, I am not the journalist that you are. You have thirty years of experience, which is basically the entirety of my life and yes. Tristan's too. Um, Hang on, is that combined? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just touching on it. Uh, 33 for me and 32 for Tristan, so mm. there you go. Uh, now tell me, you're a storyteller by nature. You've been doing it for 30 years. What is the essence of storytelling for you? First paragraph. And then you're done? Basically after that, it's all downhill. Okay. Now with Well, see, so if, you, if you're going to class... Um, TV news stories as storytelling, which essentially they are. They are, absolutely. Because you're telling a story. Then it's important to obviously have an intro mm-hmm. that's going to get the listeners or the viewers and then that first par. Now, once you've got that first par, then everything can flow on after that. And just for people who are not from the media world, par means paragraph? Yeah, sorry, yeah, the first paragraph. So your yeah. first paragraph of the story, and I'm always a firm believer, make sure your first paragraph or par, as we're going to call it now, and your last par other other bookends of the story. Yeah, right. right. That's so it's a, it's yeah. the hook, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, because it's very much like a book. Now, you know, I bought a book a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and I wasn't aware that you could read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's got a lot of pictures in it. Anyway, so I bought <laughs> it. spot run? I bought it. No, no, fun with Dick and Jane, actually, but you don't <laughs> want to go there. So uh, th- this book, okay, so I, I, I think your first page of a book is either going to get you or it's not. Mm. So I've gone and paid $35 for this book. Yeah. I probably should have read the first page at Dimmicks before I bought it because I just can't get into it, okay? Yeah, right. Bought a book the other day, fantastic. Fifty Shades right? of Grey? Not quite. Um, He's uh, got a bit more to him than that, mate. Yeah, I would on. hope so. <laughs> but, you know, I could probably go there. Um, so, you know, um, it's the same as a TV news story. It's the same as this podcast. I mean, you've got to get your listener or your viewer right, their attention, their utmost attention from the outset. Now, in TV news, it's not it, – it shouldn't be entertainment. It's all about the news mm. and sometimes news is not entertaining. I mean, the first part sorry, of the news – Sorry, sorry. Have you seen Alan Rascal's TV report? <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm getting to that. So, <laughs> But your first part of the news service is primarily, whether we like it or not – very crime-driven. Now, there's nothing entertaining about that whatsoever. As the news sort of goes on, then the stories get a little more entertaining, if you like, Mm. like Alan Rascals, as you're talking about, who does some of the most irreverent stuff I've ever seen in TV news. (laughs) But can I say, it works because it's fun. You sit there and you watch it and you go, that's kind of quite humorous in a naff 
Oh yeah, context. And I've had I've had some very very senior and serious journalists around town text me initially saying what the yeah, and now it's like. What's he got on tonight? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's that yeah. whole storytelling element. Yeah. You know that you're going to get something yeah. worthy of watching, <laughs> so you just sit there waiting for it. It's got people coming back. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that's exactly right. So, And that's the name of the game. You yeah. want people coming back. I mean, at the end of the day, like TV news, we shouldn't be standing on top of the mountain, you know, yelling out to all and sundry that we're number one in Melbourne. I mean, that's, that, that really, I mean, we're there to do a job and the job is to inform and to cover news the best way possible. Um, the only satisfaction that we should get out of being number one is the fact that people trust us. Speaking of being on top of the mountain, Tristan is a man who is on top of the mountain. He's mm. basically scaled uh, the Everest that is business ownership. Oh. He's now a business mentor. He's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> I reckon he's got a few questions for you. So, Tristan, over to you. Leads perfectly into it. But how, how have you actually been able to remain at the top of your game for, for so long? Well, I, look, the one thing that hasn't changed in television is that managers just want value for money. And they want bang for their buck, call it what you will. So if you're prepared to work and if you're prepared to do the hard yards and don't be too much of a pain in the ass, then I think you might just uh, you might just get there. So, uh, And what I've always done is, whilst I've seen others in the same position as me, i.e. sports presenters or, or you know, fill-in newsreaders or whatever, um, basically, well, let's talk about the sports presenters, um, they don't do stories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's one thing I've always wanted to do is stories. Like I'll get in at 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning, I'll write, I'll report, and then I present. And I always say to our people, you know, about 5% of your day is sitting at the desk at 6 o'clock presenting. So the day that you consider yourself a presenter stroke journalist is the day you've got trouble mm. because I always consider myself a journalist stroke presenter. Because you need to remain relevant and know what's happening well, absolutely, but I, I just think you've got to give your employer value for money. You know, if they're paying you a wage, then they want to see something for it, and they might see it at 6 o'clock, but, uh, you know, gone are those days where you can just roll in at 4 o'clock, you know, <laughs> read what other people have written for you, and then present it. They don't want that. Yeah. Now, I want to talk um, about our favourite sports team, the, oh. the black and white team. Oh, oh the Pittsburgh... Girl, we, we've the, been barely going for five minutes. The Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> ones. No, they're, they're actually just around the corner. They're Collingwood Magpies. Oh, yeah. So... Um, well, there goes most of our audience. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> do apologise, people. <laughs> so going back to when uh, we had, had Mick Malthouse and, and uh, mentoring Nathan Buckley, mm. and then we almost went... Collingwood went back a step before they started being successful. Uh, oh, look at them come out of the woodwork. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's unbelievable. I just want to get, get your opinion on, on how Mick Malthouse, the whole Malthouse-Buckley relationship went. Mm, uh, it's going all right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, my understanding is that Mick Malthouse was very active in that curability agreement, if you like, uh, which Luke would be attuned to because of his um, political background. But, I mean, that didn't work either. So based on what happened with John Howard and Peter Costello and also Nathan Buckley and Mick Malthouse. I don't know whether these succession plans actually work. I mean, look at Bob Hawke and Paul Keating. I mean, mm -hmm. there's another one that sort of went pear-shaped. Um, but just staying with Collingwood for a moment, look, it was pretty ugly. Mm. Uh, in the end, Mick Malthouse didn't want to go. And given what he did in that final year, there's a pretty good argument to say that maybe he shouldn't have gone. But the fact of the matter is a deal's a deal. 
And it's taken a long time for Collingwood to actually mature as a group and it's probably taken a long time for Nathan Buckley to mature as a coach. Mm. But the planets are aligned now. And uh, now as we sit here uh, in late June, uh, Collingwood is a genuine premiership chance. Yeah, they're fourth on the ladder now, so which is exciting. Mm. Which is but a yeah. great shame, <laughs> Hi- depending on who you ask, of course. Yeah, well, if you're a Hawthorne supporter and you're sort of out of the eight, then I can understand the cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we've got to change from this, Collingwood. Oh, <laughs> ridiculous. So tell me this then, uh, you know, if you're leading into your sports reporting or leading out of it, you often have little jokes, little quips with um, Peter Hitchner. Mm. That, uh, essentially, that's a little bit of storytelling too. You're, you're going off script in order to give your viewers something a little more. In, in that case, it's a, a little bit of a laugh. Are those things, are they planned? No, they? no, no it's just completely not. in the moment. No, absolutely not. And uh, I think, you know, if they were, see, back in the old days, if I can say that, back when we had a 30-minute bulletin and uh, we had Brian Naylor presenting and we had a news director, John Sorrell, uh, who was very, very strict. I mean, there is no way we could have done any of that ad-libbing at all. And if you had have, then you would have had your backside kick from here to kingdom come. Um, the one-hour news and also the fact that times change and we're a little looser now, uh, you know, it means that you can afford to do that sort of mm. thing. But you don't want to do it every night because it just becomes strained. If there's something there to be said, then maybe you can do it. And what they do, they being the producers, is sometimes they will put a story purposely before sport so you can have a bit mm. of fun. And and I think it's great to see people like Peter Hitchener laugh, you know, mm. like everyone loves his laugh. And having sat there for the first you know, what, 36, 37 minutes of the bulletin introducing doom and gloom and serious stuff, it's nice to sort of uh, see people lighten up a little bit. And you can do that in the back end of the news. Yeah, so how do you make your, your judgments as to what's worthy of a joke? Because, I mean, well, of course, we live in an offence generation these yeah. days. Well, there's the old adage, if in doubt, don't. Yeah. And, you know, I've... Uh, you know, there was one last week, for example, where I thought mm, we had photos of Greg Norman nude yeah, and okay. it was the last story in sport. And... And you're thinking, okay, what can, what can we say here that's not <laughs> entirely offensive? So I came up with one and it was okay, but I didn't get any feedback or anything in terms of people being offended. What I said was, um, uh, hopefully we didn't see his white pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention it, Tony, because we actually have the audio. Let's have a listen. And finally, it must be said the following scenes could prove quite disturbing. <laughs> to some viewers. Now, as we know, Greg Norman is more than happy to flaunt his chiselled figure these days. Posing in the buff for ESPN's body issue, it's pretty clear the 62-year-old golfing legend has no issues with his body. The shark credits his physique to a strict workout regime and good nutrition. Please tell me. Please tell. Please tell me we didn't see his white point, Pete. <laughs> you are so funny, Tony. That's, I mean, that's probably... Pushing, it's probably crossed the line out a little, little bit, I think. I mean, yeah. it's the news. It's not yeah. sort of like Tonight Live. Yeah. So um, that leads on to my next question. How, how do you see that the media is changing and how are you keeping up with that change? Well, you have to keep up with it. Absolutely you do because... Um, I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the point. Well, you've got to not reinvent yourself, but when you're like a dinosaur like me... Um, That's true. Yeah. You've got you can't present a story the same way you did in the late eighties. Mm. And we have this vast library in the newsroom and 
often you need to dig into that library to dig out file vision from various stories. Like we did one last night on John Nichols, and we dug out a story from the 80s on John Nichols, the former Carlton champion, and it happened to be a story that I'd done. And to listen to the voiceover then mm. as opposed to your voiceover now, yeah. it's embarrassing. <laughs> but they all sounded like that then. They were all very straight down the line, whereas now you can be sometimes um, – not smart arsey, but some... Is it putting your personality in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that now yeah. because times have changed considerably. Mm. Uh, news has loosened up a little bit um, where we do stories now that you would never have done in the half-hour format, A, because times have changed and B, because you've got the, the vehicle to do that now, i.e. a 60-minute bulletin. Um, so you, you just find that you evolve with the times. I mean, I didn't consciously walk into the voiceover booth one day and say, oh... I'm going to change my style now. I mean, I've probably still got an old-fashioned style compared to some of the younger reporters in the newsroom, but um, I think the writing changes a little bit. You're not as, um, <clears throat> pardon me, straight down the line with the, the writing as such. I mean, you can be a little bit creative. You can be a little bit sort of um, uh, a little bit adventurous, you know, that sort of thing. So, And also, like, a great example of that is Laurie Oaks. When Laurie Oaks was in his latter years in Canberra, uh, he would do some outrageous stories, you know, like trawl through YouTube to find all these uh, old movie clips or something and, you know, sort of chuck them in every now and again. And it it was good. I mean, it it brought a whole new audience to TV news. Yeah. Um, So another question, where do you reckon you're going to be making money out of media? Me personally. Maybe not you personally. but he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. I do. Where will money be made in media in, say, 15 years? (laughs) Exactly what you're doing now. Uh, digital, excuse me. <clears throat> um, digital is the way to go. Um, you know, we at Nine are emphasising more and more on the digital platforms, whether it be ninenews.com.au, uh, nine.com.au, honey, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, social media is just so important. In fact, it's funny how people view social media now. I host the Sunday footy show. It was interesting a few weeks ago, our social media person wasn't there and it was uh, a real eye-opener to see the blokes on the panel almost go into a panic because there was no social media. Wow. And it was Matthew Lloyd who sort of said, oh, look, we've got no social media today, so we're really going to have to pump out stuff on our own accounts and everything. Mm. And I thought, geez, that's, um, it's interesting that you've got this footballer who's come into media mm. but not only comes into the media but realises the, the value of social media and just how powerful tool that is to promote. Like I, I did a thing on the Sunday footy show. Oh, I didn't do it. It was a... a um, uh, a, a, well, if I can say it, a piss take of me, right? They, just for something different. <laughs> There's brought, a few of them on YouTube as well. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they brought back the attempted kiss on Rebecca Judd. Anyway, so they had a bit of fun with that. I acted as if I was like really outraged about it and got up and walked out. So I think our show in Melbourne that day rated the high 80s, uh, which is pretty good for a Sunday morning. That's just in Melbourne. That particular clip on Facebook alone was tracking around the 120,000 views. Oh, wow. wow. You know? Yep. So I know that there's shows I watch, like Footy Classified, for example. It, it's up. It's pretty late for me, so mm-hmm. I go to bed early and get up early. So everything I want to see on Footy Classified, I, I watch the next morning on social media, like the, the best of, the clips and all that sort of stuff. So to answer your question, social media is where – that that is where the money is going to be made now because mm-hmm. – 
I mean, you don't have to watch a news service now to actually get the best stories. You can just click on Twitter uh, 9 News Melbourne and watch the best stories. So it's got to be short and sharp, those little little articles, because you're just going to be watching them. Well, that's going to change as well because we've just started a vodcast, which is a the video version of podcasts um, called The Rundown. And what we do is each week or whenever we'll go back through a particular rundown and find a story that dominated that rundown. Like our first one was Kira McCann, who won the Women's Marathon in 2006 mm. and tragically died two years later. So that rundown went to... What, I think it was March 6, 2006 or something like that. So that's about a 15-minute vodcast. Now, have people got time to spend 15 minutes on a digital device or their desktop sort of watching something like this? Or do they want bang, 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 really fast video? And that's something that we're exploring at the moment. So, so are you potentially out of a job soon enough? No, 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 because no. uh, you've <laughs> you got to... take over this podcast, are you? Oh, uh, well, this, is, this, this will go gangbusters. <laughs> this will go gangbusters. Um but, like, I was at the Winter Olympics earlier this year in South Korea and I knew that it wasn't just a matter of doing across the Today Show, the afternoon news and the 6pm news services around the country. You had to do digital. Mm. You just had to do digital because there's so much engagement. Well, Tony, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat with us. It's been fantastic getting some insights from you and... Uh Good luck for probably not having a job in the media soon enough, <laughs> given oh, no. the way it's going. Uh, well, it, it'll be the media. It'll be digital media. But I think I think TV news – the TV news figures haven't altered that much over the past 20 years. So, you know, there's still – I mean, every night TV news, touch wood it's us, mm-hmm. is uh, number one and number two show in Melbourne, number one being the first half of the news, yep. number two being the back half, or sometimes that can be the other way around. So it's still the most popular show on television. Um, news are still the most popular shows on television because by their very nature, it's informing people as to what the hell is going on in this crazy world. And you are still the nicest bloke in media, so thanks for having a chat. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Tony. Storyteller and the Sherpa. Well, Tristan, we've just had the chance to sit down with Tony Jones from Nine News and have a chat. I hate corporate speak. It is the bane of my existence, but here's a corporate speak question for you. What was your key learning when talking to him? Look, I hate corporate speak as well, mate. Um, you can tell by the way I'm talking that uh, I'm pretty casual and easygoing. <laughs> and dressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I've got a new jumper on. So uh, what was really interesting is how, how Tony said when he, he actually gets into the office at 8.30, 9am in the morning and spends the majority of the day before, before he's... Uh, work in the evening before he goes on air preparing and actually uh, understanding what's happening in the media. So he spends 80% of his time sharpening the knife. Well, if I know anything about media people, they do hold a grudge, so I'm not <laughs> surprised he's sharpening the knife. <laughs> media and politicians. Yes, um, yes. So indeed. when you say sharpening the knife, you, you, you're basically saying it's all the preparation leading up to the actual uh, result. That's it, because if you want to cut a piece of steak, you don't want to cut a piece of steak with a blunt knife. Oh, so he, well, hang on, you've probably just offended all of our uh, vegan listeners. Yes, at least I don't have vegan customers or clients. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, you want to make sure you're prepared and know what you're talking about or what you're doing before you go into action. Yeah, right. And and that's something that you would consistently work with with your clients. That's it, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, great. Now, my other thing I wanted to ask you out of that interview, Tristan. Wait for it. A Collingwood going to do a Richmond and Western Bulldogs of the last two seasons and continue to climb the ladder and win the Premiership? Well, the odds are yes. Um, Because last time Collingwood won a grand final, I was not able to access 
the media because I was out, out of range. Mm, look out. Where this, are you going to be this time? This year I'm actually going to be climbing Mount Kilimanjaro at the same time, so oh. I'm not going to be able to follow the game. Yeah, right. So you're going to be a business Sherpa and an actual Sherpa. No, no, I'm going to be Sherpa up the hill, oh, <laughs> up the mountain. Smart man. If you've never done it yourself, you need help. Well done. That's it. Um, well, you know what? I'm a vengeful person because I am from the media and I'm <laughs> shutting my knife in saying that I hope Collingwood do win because you won't be here. So. <laughs> Thanks, mate. And I know that they won't be playing Hawthorne, so that's okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll chat to you in our next podcast. Thanks very much for being here. Sounds like a plan. Check out storyleague.com.au for video, podcast and article ideas and evolve to grow.com.au to grow your business.